0: Everyone, and welcome to Sex Ed Shouldn't Suck. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking to Julia Naftlin, who is a senior health reporter on sex and relationships at Insider, where she writes about everything from her dating experience and giving relationship advice in Insider's sex and relationships column called Doing It Right. And now she's here with us on Sex Ed Shouldn't Suck. Woo-hoo. Hope you enjoy. Julia, thanks for joining us. Hi, it's great to be here. So, we start off every episode asking our guests what their sexuality and pronouns are, if you don't mind sharing.
1: Absolutely. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And my sexuality, I guess I would say straight, but feeling a little less straight every day. (laughs) (laughs) We love to hear it. Questioning. question mark big old question mark
0: <laughs> i see I, I i was just telling kaylee that i thought that you were painfully straight but it was more painfully for me because i may or may not have a big old crush on you julia i may or may not um so let's just dive into um, your your background out of sex education growing up what did you get either at school or did your parents talk to you about sex at all
1: yes so i went to a public school growing up and the sex that I got there, it was interesting because it was also it was kind of like tied into like physical ed, like education, like gym class and health and all of that were all lumped into one class. So it was maybe like, you know, two months where you actually learn about sex education. The rest was like mm-hmm. going to gym class, um, that type of thing. And I just remember being very like fear mongery and like. These are the STDs you can get, like, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And very just, like, heterosexual, like, did not learn anything about queer people or sex or anything like that. And then when it came to my parents, I do appreciate that my mom talked to me about sex, but I do think it was still, it was never focused on pleasure, basically. Like, it was all just Mm -hmm. about, like, protect yourself against STDs and don't get pregnant i bought you condoms like i'm gonna help you figure out what birth control you should be on which i is really important and i so appreciate but i think i would have loved a little more like to learn more about pleasure as well in addition to the fear things because i can definitely see how the fear-based stuff played out like later in my life
0: Mm -hmm. that's kind of rad your mom bought you condoms though (laughs) yeah yeah my mom would never
1: she was like they're in the closet you don't have to tell me if you need them. Just just go grab them. I was like, okay, mom. <laughs> and then I never touched them. Like your closet? No, like the, she's like, I put them in like the linen closet in the hallway, Or <laughs> everyone can see you. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, thank you. But in my head, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to use these condoms because you'll see if I open the box. Like yeah. it's a brand new box of condoms. Like I'm not going to do that, mom. <laughs> it's like the family supply of condoms. <laughs> yes. Well, it's funny because then she. She did the same thing to my brother mm. and he had the same vibe. He was like, I'm not going to do that because you're going to know you're going to know it's what I'm doing.
0: You could have framed each other. Be like, that wasn't me. That was, I don't know. That must've, that must've been my brother. Fucking <laughs> slut. That that brother of mine, total slut. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm just changing my sheets. Mom, don't look in here. Just grabbing some <laughs> sheets or whatever thanks
1: exactly
0: <laughs> whatever else is in a linen closet <laughs> like i mean that's still pretty cool like i yeah my mom didn't mention any sort of birth control or and my dad forget about it my dad was like useless <laughs> so <laughs> <Kind>. yeah <laughs> i just like in this regard he was less useless <laughs> in other areas but in this in this sense he was pretty useless
1: um, Grow up religious at all so i was raised jewish mm. i th- i think that's some- something that helped was like my mom was raised in a catholic household mm-hmm. and so she mm-hmm. had a very negative experience with all of like learning about sex and all of that and you know having like so much shame tied to that that i think she was just very adamant about her children not having that experience yeah. so she was very like vocal about that from the beginning but yeah in terms of like my jewish upbringing like there there wasn't really anything like sexual like i don't i wouldn't say like being raised jewish that had any effect on my sex education or sexuality or anything gotcha gotcha
0: that's cool yeah so it sounds like you know she didn't shame you for it tried to be open but maybe they could have taken it like a like a half a step further and just been like also it's pretty great cool bye right right so then, do you remember like your friends talking about sex at all, Graham? Did you learn anything from your friends or did you learn anything from media about how either sex is supposed to be or relationships are supposed to be?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say I was definitely felt like a late bloomer in the sense mm. that I felt like my friend group was like not as interested in sex or that type of thing as like maybe some of our peers. And then I did eventually make a friend, like one of my best friends to this day, and I met her through soccer. She went to a different high school and we were the same age, but she definitely had more sexual experiences than me. And Mm -hmm. so just hanging out with her, I think I kind of would just like ask her questions and like she would tell me her experiences. Like I felt comfortable like learning through her because she just felt like someone I could really trust and she wouldn't Mm -hmm. judge me at all. So even though, like, looking back, you know, some of the things she would say or tell me, like, I don't, she probably wasn't the best person to ask sex advice for, but it just, it was nice to have that feeling of, like, I can ask anything I want, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be judged for it or laughed at for, like, not knowing the answer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some security. I I had a friend like that, too, and the glimmering egg of advice that i still remember her giving me in my head because i was telling her that i didn't like swallowing cum and she was like you just have to pretend that the dick is a straw and you're drinking from it what and now i think that every time it doesn't really help but (laughs) no the mechanics are not at all similar but okay well i guess they're similar but they're not the same anyways please that's ask your question, Jen. question i was gonna ask what were some of the things that this friend told you julia like what was there anything linking back now like kaylee that doesn't make
1: any <laughs> sense i okay i can't honestly remember any tips which maybe that's just a sign i was like i want to talk about this stuff but i don't know if i'm going to take any advice from you but i do remember like just being very, um, anxious about like giving a blow job for the first time and just asking her cause like she had already done it. She'd been there. So mm-hmm. I was asking her so many questions about like, what it's like, like, what do you do? Like, I just remember having a long conversation about that in her bedroom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and did you rock your first blow job?
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Great. I'm sure you got great feedback. Uh, <laughs> So I guess that brings us to like closer to today. I know you you had been dating um, one person since high school or through college. How long were you in that relationship for?
1: For 10 years. So yeah, since high school and through college.
0: Damn. And you guys k- kind of recently uh, up. But uh, I was talking a few days ago, three weeks ago, and I was like, I don't think I have known anyone who was in a relationship for that long in their 20s, which was really cool. Uh, I know that you're kind of back on dating apps now that you're single again on them for the first time actually oh yeah totally <laughs> i guess Damn. 10 years ago they weren't really a thing
1: <laughs> no they didn't exist yet oh my god! back in, back I... in 20, 20 2009 to 2010 they there were not right i mean maybe like online but not like tinder you know yeah. yeah. You would
0: have had to make a little like VHS tape being like, hi, I'm Julia. I like long walks on the beach. I <laughs> like a 16 year old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is kind of yeah. troubling. <laughs> so I guess what are, what are dating apps like for someone who's, who's never used them before really?
1: Um, yeah. I was expecting the worst because I'm just you know, yeah I'm someone who has only experienced them like through what I hear from my friends <laughs> and other people just talking about how horrible they are so I was honestly like <laughs> I, was, I was like I know I need to do this at some point if I want to meet someone else but also just super nervous about it because uh, of all yeah. these preconceived notions I had which a lot of them are true and a lot of them <laughs> I, un- I totally understand they're very warranted but I guess I guess I just had a big fear of, because also like dating in general is new to me. And I was just like, there's mm-hmm. all these new elements that are completely like foreign to me. Like, am I going to know what to do? Like, that was just the ultimate fear of like, what do I even do? Like this yeah. is new territory.
0: Like which dating app did you start with or apps? <laughs>
1: so I, The first, the only one I downloaded at first was Tinder and I was classic. just classic. I think I was just kind of like, I'm not looking for anything serious. I hear that's what Tinder's all about. And like, <laughs> let me just start swiping and just like, see what it feels like. Like no pressure on myself type of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you experienced the avalanche of men interested in you. I'm assuming
1: I, that. And then I also had some instances where like, because I was new to it, I went on a couple of dates with people who I was like, oh, if I would have known you were like, this much shorter than me like maybe I wouldn't have said yes or like damn I wish I had xyz detail about you beforehand and kind of just like with every date learning like new things I should probably do before like agreeing to a date and then (laughs) I think I just eventually came to the realization like a hinge or a bumble was just set up in a better way for me to work with like instead Mm -hmm, of having to ask all those questions up front but yeah there's definitely some times where I'm like I just went on this date so I could go on a date and <laughs> this is a, this is a bad idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so true. Bumble is set up in a way that's like, that gives you prompts for stuff. Right. So you can show your personality a little bit and Tinder is just this blank space.
1: So people yeah, can t- read anything. Tinder's, Tinder's a blank canvas, which like, I mean, my profile was great, but everyone else, <laughs> sure. all all the, all the men's profiles were uh, awful, bad. Laughing. and and it's also like we're in we're in Philadelphia, so like there's just a lot of clones, I guess. it just feels like attack of the clones because it's a lot of like go birds, Sundays are for the birds. the eagles are my life
0: <laughs> Wait
1: what sports is that football? <laughs> Nothing against football or the Eagles, but I'm just like
0: everything against football and the eagles.
1: I'm trying to understand your personality and like it's great that you're passionate about the sports team, but like tell me something else about you besides yeah. go birds, please. I
0: mean, that is pretty much their personality. That's what's <laughs> in your profile. Like that is your personality. And I've, I've also learned that like, if football is important enough to you that it's in your dating profile, you are not the one for me. <laughs> you know,
1: that's a great point.
0: Jen, have you ever really given it the the good old college try getting into football? Yes, I've been on dating apps for as long as Julia has been in that relationship that she was in. I've been on dating apps since freshman year of college, twenty eleven, and I've definitely dated my fair share of football. Saturdays are for the boys.
1: I think it's Sundays. Sundays. Sorry, football. That's college football, baby. Okay.
0: yeah uh, now you know how little I pay attention to it uh, <laughs> what have you learned from being on dating apps for these few months or you know how do you approach dating now
1: I think what are some things I've learned so I actually yeah, I actually realized today like in February it'll be like six months on dating apps which like that that happened quickly I wasn't expecting it to go by so quickly but I guess It's interesting because I think with every date I go on, the closer I get to, like, knowing my long-term goal, which I already knew before, like, generally, but I think it's interesting because every time I go on a date, I'm like, oh, this is something I would want in a long-term partner, like, that I liked about this person, or this is something I didn't like, or maybe there's a little of both. But I also think I just learned that, like, someone can be really good on paper, and then it's just you meet them, and it's a shit show. Mm Mm-hmm yeah that, that's a big lesson totally yeah it's like
0: nothing beats in person chemistry and you have to not uh, feel totally devastated that you potentially wasted a lot of time talking to this person yeah. and then meeting up with them yeah <laughs> I think I think that's called self-esteem I think you have to have esteem. <laughs>
1: yeah what yeah. is that
0: <laughs> unfamiliar never heard of it
1: <laughs> and I I think another thing though is like I think I'm just I've always been pretty straightforward and like transparent person. But I think like when it comes to dating, you have to be really willing to do that. If you want, if you want to get what you want out of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like maybe the first couple of months were like me beginning to learn that. And I think now I've kind of come into that more where it's like, Oh, if I don't like this person's behavior, like I have to say something and then like, I might not like how they react, but then that leaves me with a decision, you know what I mean? And I think it's yeah. like, I'm I'm glad I'm coming into that more, because I think that's just like a healthy mm. way to approach relationships generally, like with anyone, even if it's someone you just met.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you sound like the things I'm working on in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Remarkably well adjusted. Hey, <laughs> Oh my gosh, have you um have you been ghosted yet? That's a very common dating app thing.
1: I would say the ghosting that's occurred has been mutual ghosting. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime I've been ghosted, I'm like, you know, I'm actually glad I didn't reach back out because I wasn't planning on reaching back out to them. You
0: know, <laughs> is mutual ghosting just called like a haunting? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should Haunt- be called. Haunting away from each other. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it sounds like you've had like a pretty good, pretty good experience online dating. I, it's like inspirational. Honestly, I might take some, <laughs> yeah. th- some things from you and try to apply them to my own approach. What what is it? What has it been like getting back out there after ten years in like a monogamous relationship? Where I assume you this was the only person that you would ever dated or had sex with. What has that experience been like?
1: Yeah, that's definitely been another like nerve wracking part, but. Um, Because, yeah, like, my exes was at that point the only person who I ever, like, had sex with. And, um, I think in some ways it's been really exciting because I've, I've always been, like, a sexual person and, like, feel, like, in touch with my sexuality and, like, sensuality, I guess. And, like, I was fine having it reserved to one person. Like, I don't, I feel like I'm very much interested in monogamy, but, um... Mm -hmm. It's been fun to just, like, explore that, like, me being that person individually with other people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And even though it's been difficult at times, having to be more vocal about the things I want, like, in terms of sex. Like, it's yeah. I think it's easier in the relationship aspect, like, just from a communication aspect. But when it comes to sex, it just is so much scarier because no one talks about it very mm-hmm. openly. So yeah, like that's the news. It's like, these are people who don't really know my body or know what I want. And I have Mm -hmm. to continuously like confront that and assert myself. And it can feel awkward at times, but I think ultimately like it's been a good learning experience. Also, yeah, just like the self-esteem aspect of like, wait a second, like I should put myself first in the bedroom and like, I shouldn't feel bad for asking what I want also like as a from like just being a woman aspect of it you know
0: yeah we'd love to hear it love it yeah advocating for yourself i'm like i think (laughs) i know i think kayla and i talk a lot about how how much trouble we have doing that but we we grew up in a very shamey religious terrible (laughs) (laughs) yeah terrible culture where we were you know constantly told that our sexuality was wrong and bad and we should hide it Yeah. Again, inspirational, inspirational stuff, Julia. Yeah. That sounds condescending, but I really do need it to be be real. So my last question about dating apps is you said you were like maybe not straight. Are you swiping on women at all or not men people? (laughs) Not men people.
1: I'm not. I think it's just because it's it's all so overwhelming. Like I think Mm -hmm. if I just added like other genders into the mix i would like explode like i don't like it's just i already spent spend way too much time swiping on dating apps because it's just like you know it's so new and like addictive and i'm Mm -hmm. i just i think if i added that other element and it's just i don't know i need to reflect on it more and decide what i want to do because yeah it's like i was in this this like heterosexual relationship for 10 years so it's also just like i don't I don't fully understand myself how I feel about everything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like my experiences have shaped how I look at it so it's like I think I need to unpack that before I even consider like dating women if that's something I want to do in the future you're so
0: you're so thoughtful about all of these things you're like sitting down and considering all these different options before moving forward it's 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 nice to hear. I feel like yeah. I typically do this thing where I'm just like, woohoo, let's just try it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It makes me realize how, how much of a ball of anxiety that I am where I'm like, is this the right thing? Is that the right thing? Uh, yeah. Awesome. So I'm sure that what has helped you be so thoughtful about this is that you're constantly giving sex and relationship advice for your job, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. That's. I was going to say I think about this all day. So that's probably why I'm very thoughtful about it. <laughs> There's many yeah. thoughts all the time
0: makes a lot of sense. So many thoughts. How how did you get started writing about sex and relationships? I mean, that's such a cool job <laughs> to have. I know.
1: <laughs> so, I um I think I've always been like intrigued about like just like the inner workings of sex and like the fact that no one really talks about it and just like wondering why that is and my first full-time job out of college, I studied journalism in college. Mm was at health magazine and it was more of like a general position where I was writing about like all kinds of health topics, but I did get to write a good amount about sexual health and sex.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, those were like my favorite things to write about. So then a few years later when I ended up at insider, they kind of gave me free reign to be like, we want you to like hone in on a few specific topics to write about. And at the time, for whatever reason, there's no one at at the company in the newsroom who was only doing like sex and relationships reporting. So I was like, I'll, I'll fucking take that. Like I, it's mine, baby. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of how it started. And it's just been great. Like over the years, because I just feel like it covers a wide range of things. But at the end of the day, it's great to just write about things that we as like a society don't talk about a lot. I think it's, just really rewarding to tell those stories.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a little totally. s- kind of similar to how we feel with the podcast. We there's such a, a taboo around all of this stuff, and it just ends up being harmful to everyone when you pretend that things aren't the way they are, or pretend that sex doesn't exist, <laughs> or that people are only having it within marriage. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. So when you when you first started uh, writing about sex and relationships at Insider, was that would you come up with the stories and pitch them or would they assign you stories to write about?
1: It's a mixture of both. It was when I started and it still is now. So like every day I'm seeing like, it's a mixture of things that are like in the news, like on a daily basis and then also writing longer stories. So like at any given time, like I can pitch a story to my editor at any given time. Like if I see a certain trend or anything like that, and then they can also assign me a story Mm -hmm. if they want something specific.
0: That's so cool. What are some of your most notable stories that you've written about in your career there? Are there any that come to mind?
1: Yeah, well I one thing I'm really proud of is I launched our the first the company's first sex and relationships advice column. Um so I've been doing that now for about two years. It's called Doing It Right. (laughs) And every week I will answer, they're all um, reader submissions. Mm -hmm. So I will speak with an expert, which is usually like a sex therapist or relationship therapist, or um, if it's sexual health related, like a gynecologist Mm -hmm. and I'll respond to a reader question. And yeah, that's just been really great to be able to connect like more directly with the audience and answer questions that way
0: that's so cool you like you get in there you took up this like specific niche that you find interesting and then you created like a regular thing out of it is is there any advice that you find yourself giving out consistently to people or a lot of like questions that come in that are similar
1: i think recently it's been interesting cuz i've also been on this journey myself in therapy but um Just, like, boundaries, I think. It's, like, a few things. People either don't realize that they deserve to have set their own boundaries, like, they don't realize that, like, that's a thing you can do in your relationships, (laughs) or there's a misunderstanding of what they mean and their purpose are. So it's been Mm -hmm. interesting to see, like, whether it's people having issues with, like, familial relationships, friendships, or, like, romantic relationships, like... More often than not, the answers are about setting healthy boundaries and communicating those boundaries in an effective way. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just been really interesting because it's something that I'm also working on. And I think a lot of people are working on.
0: Right. I was like, great, cool. The really difficult thing that no one ever teaches any of us how to do. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) That's amazing is there any crazy advice or like weird situations people have written in that you've written into you that you've answered?
1: Absolutely. Do you, do you want it to be sex related?
0: Whatever, whatever yeah. you think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> Jen was like, "Yes, duh. yes. <laughs> Setting a boundary. Want it to be sex related. <laughs> Good job. Good job on that healthy boundary, Jen. We're all very proud of you. Julia taught me everything I know about
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bounce. You know, something that I see a lot, like it's not a specific column, but um, people have written in a lot because they're upset with how often their partner masturbates compared to how often they have sex, like partner Mm. sex. I've Mm. definitely seen that a lot. And I think that's, um, yeah, it's just interesting that that people, I guess, it's almost like they view masturbation, like self pleasure, and partnered sex as like synonymous. Mm-hmm. Like one is a substitute for the other, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's been that's been interesting to unpack a few times.
0: I've definitely seen fun. people talking about that. Like they're they're like, we're together. You can have real sex with me now. Why would you need to <laughs> masturbate? <laughs> it's like because you act like that because <laughs> that is your view what how do what do you say to that that
1: they're not they're not the same thing and the things a person gets from self-pleasure aren't necessarily i mean they can make sex partner sex better but it's not necessary. they're not necessarily doing it for the same reasons you shouldn't look at it as you're being replaced Your partner's masturbation habits are probably not a comment on your relationship or how it's going. It probably (laughs) has nothing to do with that is usually the advice at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Solid. Solid advice. Perfect advice. In my opinion. Oh,
1: this is a good one. This is a good one. Oh yeah. My husband cheats on me and then cries when I confront him about it. (laughs) Does our marriage have any hope? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So,
0: AKA, my husband's a shitty, whiny baby. Does our marriage have any hope? how How do you answer that delicately?
1: Yeah. Dump him and go to therapy. Well, I think I think that's a big problem. Is like, and I I've definitely been like this in the past as well. I think when it comes to romantic relationships, people will put all their eggs in the basket of who they think their partner could become instead of just being realistic about who they are in that moment. Cause like nine out of 10 times that person is not going to become the person you want them to become. So if like you're staying in that re- relationship simply because of the projection of who you want your boyfriend, girlfriend, partner to become, that's mm-hmm. a bad reason to stay in that relationship. And I think this column is kind of an example of that like you can stay but don't expect the behavior to change just because you're there and you stay it's because yeah. more often than not people people don't change for other people that's not why they change and i think mm-hmm. that's something like i've definitely learned recently too so yeah but yeah the crocodile tears husband example is um <laughs> definitely an extreme one
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> That's such a that's such a hard pill to swallow, I'm sure, for your you whoever sent that in, they probably read it and they were like Yeah, some tough love advice. <laughs> yeah. We all need it. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. So they they were probably too busy to read it because they were like, you know, babying their husband or their husband was crying on their shoulder <laughs> again and they were like, Honey, I'm trying to read the advice from this article. He was like, I'm so sorry, I slept with Suzanne again. Oh <laughs> So when you're writing articles, do you find that you're often writing about your own relationships or sex life, or is it more based on observations of the outside world?
1: I would say I'm sometimes inspired by things in my personal life to come up with a story idea, but it is reported journalism most of the time, so I... Mm -hmm we'll like come up with a story idea and then interview experts, or maybe like I'll write about some research on that topic or that Mm -hmm. type of thing. It's, it's all fact-based, but sometimes, yeah, I'll use my own experience to either inform the angle or, yeah, just like see if, see if it's some, like, if it's a trend piece, like maybe I'll notice something myself, like, especially on TikTok these days, that's like Mm -hmm. a minefield of story ideas. And yeah, just like be like, oh, that's also happened to me. Like, I wonder who else has happened to and like it can become a trend story in that way. But I think to an extent, like I do like to keep personal things personal. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's definitely a fine line.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like new research shows 50% of men in Philadelphia love football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's definitely a higher percentage than that. <laughs> At least 65%. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the last thing we usually ask people is what they wish was different about their sex ed experience.
1: I think I already kind of answered it, but I'll just mm-hmm. all elaborate. So if I were to take sex ed all over again, I would really want there to be just more of a focus on pleasure, like especially for women, because yeah it was something that was lacking and I think I would have just felt a lot more empowered and as I Mm -hmm. became a more sexual being and felt less shame about everything and just been more excited to explore if I knew that was a part of it and it wasn't Mm -hmm. just about all the things that could go wrong
0: yeah amen totally yeah (laughs) totally totally on board with that (laughs) (laughs) So, Julia, where can we find your work online and at Insider?
1: You can find my work on Insider.com. And my column, Doing It Right, is also on Insider. And you can also find me on Twitter at Jay Lovely. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. Delightful.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope you really enjoyed that discussion. I did. Yeah, so did I. It's great. A-plus <laughs> A- A conversation. <laughs> yeah, Julia. A-plus person, really. Yeah, A-plus person all around. You mm-hmm. Julia and A-plus. If you graded people, which is probably immoral. but uh, I do. I am immoral. <laughs> I write down all my grades for people, my little notebook. You're not doing so hot this quarter, Jen, so... <laughs> <laughs> cool i guess i'll just quit the podcast good luck with everything okay fine d minus for jen for threatening (laughs) to quit the podcast i'll give you some double d's hey i I don't know how but that's okay (coughs) (laughs) my own joke choked me it's because it was a bad joke. joke instant karma <laughs> if you all have any thoughts on that episode <laughs> or that terrible joke you can email us at hello at suck.com or visit our website at suck.com. if you're heading over to our website you should definitely check out our shop as well we've got some really cool merch there like stickers mugs shirts hats out bags to tote, yeah stuff tote in the little tote bags and yeah and if you're looking for other ways to support the podcast you can also check out our patreon and you can find that either from our website or by going on patreon and looking up sex ed shouldn't suck all kinds of cool freebies which i guess aren't really freebies because you're paying yeah monthly, you have to subscribe but... to get the freebies <laughs> yeah hey now that's fine are, they're are cool freebies you know yeah. we could be shouting you out right now right now yeah you could get a nifty little postcard from us, That's some true. stickers, all all kinds of neat shit. Go look! So much go stuff. Look. Just go look. You can <laughs> also read our newsletter if you felt like it. That's on mm-hmm. Substack. You can subscribe to that and uh, check out the monthly writing we put together on the state of sex ed in the world and what's going on with the podcast. Yeah. And last but not least, we would like to thank Kent for mastering our sound as always. Thank you, Kent. You make us sound great. Next week, friends, we are talking about virginity, which is French for virginity. Yes, thank you, Kaylee. I was wondering (laughs) what the next episode would be about. (laughs) Yeah, check it out. And we'll see you guys next week. Love y'all. Love you, bye. Yeehaw. If you're heading over to oh god, I'm in an accident again. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> Head right on over to our merch little. If you if you're if you're heading if you're heading towards our website, I think I was just gonna say that you might as well check out our stupid shop, okay? Go no, on. our shop's not shop's not stupid. <laughs> our god, shop This is a in- disaster. <laughs>